Welcome to another episode of the DJ for Party One podcast. This is your host, Seal45. And I messed up this episode and I recorded it again and I listened to it again and I messed up something else and I recorded it again. So whatever mistakes you hear, you're just going to have to take those for love as they say in the church because, hey, we, we three times in on this. I'm just not doing it anymore. This is this is ridiculous. At this at this point, I'm tired talking about the top 100 singles 1984 chart end of year. That is what this is. That's what this episode is. Welcome, welcome to the DJ for Party of One. Um, yeah, yeah. I, I've I've struggled with this episode a little bit, but yeah, I thought. If we could go back to a simpler time where we did not have a person saying that they saw a baby on the highway and that they were lured by the baby and then they were kidnapped by a white man and then they were released 48 hours later and um, this person apparently likes taken to and I don't know if um she was trying to create a, a storyline that would uh, we're all tired of Carly Russell let's go back to 1984 shall we okay you ready you ready to go back yes 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 let's go back simpler time no Carly Russell stories in the news let's talk about the crossover of so many black music artists that were getting into mainstream music. So I'm going to say right off that in this top 100, there is no hip hop at this time, at this moment. Now, if you took a hot 100 singles of this year, or the year before, or even the year after this, when that hadn't even come yet, I know it would be drenched in hip hop. But oddly enough, in the year of 1984, 100 songs, hot songs, there were no hip hop artists on that. So it just goes to show how much music has evolved over the years and I will say what inspired this episode is me looking at this um article that came up a couple of days ago about the Billboard 200 chart and I often forget that there is a chart that tracks 200 albums and I will say that I'm surprised by some artists that are on this chart and some I am definitely not. So just to give a quick overview on that. So the totality of the the article or the story is that there are only 10 albums in 100 years. I'm not even half century yet, but in 100 years, 
there are only 10 albums that have spent at least 10 weeks at number one on this Billboard 200 list. Taylor Swift had two albums on that. Not surprised. Adele had two albums on that. Not surprised. Drake had an album on that. It was his Views album. Not surprised. I'm surprised by Morgan Wallen because I have no idea who he is. I'm surprised by Bad Bunny because I've heard of him, but I I still really don't know him like that. SZA, that album just dropped. So you telling me that, well, I mean, it didn't just drop, but it dropped this year. So you're telling me that like, it's already spent 10 weeks at number one on the Billboard 200. Like that, that kind of just blows my mind. Um, but, oh, and, and the Morgan Wallen guy. Apparently, I need to go check this guy out as soon as this podcast is over because he has another album that's on there. So, and, and the Frozen soundtrack, which my daughter may have single handedly <laughs> at, at that time, um, may have been the one that kept that one on the charts. I, I don't know. She loved <laughs> Let It Go, Let It Go, Let It Go. All right, so again, that is the Billboard 200. And in 100 years, yes, 100 years, there have only been 10 albums on that chart that have spent at least 10 weeks at number one. Now, that chart has a little bit of everything. It's got pop. It's got your R&B. It has your hip hop. It has even a cartoon soundtrack. There's a lot happening there. But in the Bad Bunny album title, it isn't even in English. And I'm not going to even try to make a fool of myself by trying to pronounce that. But in 1984, the charts were very black and white. That that kind of is your before K-pop, which my daughter still has a fascination with at this age. Before um, diving into high school, it'll be interesting to see how that works out. Um, once <laughs> that the interest in in K-pop will it'll be interesting to see how that transitions but hip-hop that was not there no k-pop was there um the top 100 black people were making some serious rounds pointer sisters number 18 jump for my love they also had automatic on there in the same year they also had so excited in the same year that is crazy to me that they were hot but on this chart we also had the barge time will reveal that was at number 84 we had Shalomar dancing in the streets that was number 92 cool in the gang had tonight that doesn't 
really ring a bell. I have to go back and listen to that. But I know a song that does ring a bell. And that is Joanna. And that was also on the charts as well. It charted higher at the end of the year in 1984. And that was number 24. So what I am saying is black people or black music was going mainstream and there was no turning back. It couldn't have been because at this point, it was not just like Michael Jackson's thriller that was out there and and we were like, hey, we got a crossover hit. No, we were penetrating this chart hard. We were. That's a bad phrasing. We were on this chart. We were moving. Yeah, maybe that sounds better. We were moving. We were moving. <laughs> I, I got to get past that. I'm trying not to laugh my head off here. Uh, we we were we were moving on this this chart in the year of. 1984. Lionel Richie, hello. It was the ballad that Peebo Bryson was also. If you ever you're in my arms again, that was on there. So we were everywhere. We were dancing <laughs> on this chart with songs like I'm So Excited. We were doing the balladier thing with songs like Hello. And we even had just fun, catchy soundtrack songs like Ray Parker Jr.'s 1984 hit Ghostbusters. I don't remember what else was on that soundtrack, but you definitely cannot forget who you're going to call Ghostbusters. Rachel. I was about to call this band Ray Charles. <laughs> I'm just getting all off. All off. Not Ray Charles. Ray Parker Jr., was was doing his thing and despite what people think i do not consider ray parker jr to be a one-hit wonder uh, no it it blew up and that song is big and most people you probably ask they probably would name that one first and they may struggle a little bit to do some other ray parker jr songs the chorus or anything like that, but he did write Mr. Telephone Man for New Edition. Let's not forget. And he also did I'm in love with the other woman. He Ray was that that was unexpected from the man that created Ghostbusters, but there was a one hit wonder on this chart that um I don't know if he did some other stuff that may have been good because the song that he did for this chart was so big that we could not, we couldn't really verify his talent because it was going to be overshadowed regardless by this song. The artist is Rockwell. The song at the end of 1984 on the top 100 billboard chart was Somebody's Watching Me. When I said Rockwell, you probably knew what the song was before I said the song because what other song do we know by Rockwell? I don't mean to shade him, but I don't know any other song by Rockwell. But I'm, I'm going to go and listen to Rockwell. It, it may even be a whole episode 
just so I can say that I did at least make the attempt. Because who knows? I might be missing out on something. It's great. And, you know, there's the Gordy, Barry Gordy connection. I want to say that's his dad, possibly. But I know that he did not want to use the name Gordy, his real name, because, or at least his last name. I don't know if that's his first or what. I know he didn't want to use the name because he did not want to be thought of as an artist that just got his boost and got into the industry based on nepotism and his name. But I would have guessed right off that he had to know somebody famous because you have Michael Jackson doing the chorus. Yeah. Michael Jackson is also all over this list. He found a way in 1984, at the end of 1984, to make himself the the artist with the biggest presence on the chart, actually, because he has Thriller at 78. It's on the chart. Now, to put things in perspective, Thriller, the video was released almost a whole year after the album initially came out. So that's that's why we have like the, the lower ranking of that thriller song at that time in the the 100 chart because the album had been out for a while but he was still on the charts and he was also there with state of shock the jacksons were for state of shock and that ranks on that billboard 100 chart it was it was farther down I'm trying to go into because I know he was also Rick Rockwell on the Somebody's Watching Me. That was at 26 in the ranking for this chart. But also when we get down to oh the, the fourth song that I would say also was um Say, say, say. And that was the highest ranking one that he was on in this chart with the, the four songs, because that one was number three. So in the first three, we have Prince with When Doves Cry. So it, it wasn't the Purple Rain theme song that was there. It was When Doves Cry that was was there. And then number two, we have Tina Turner. And that was her What's Love Got to Do With It. And so the duet by Paul McCartney and Michael, that Say 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 was, it was one of my favorite songs really by Michael um, and Paul. Because the one that's on the album, The Girl Is Mine, I like that just fine. But I definitely think that I had a a greater fondness for the I didn't like the video as much, but <laughs> it was just random. I didn't, I didn't like the video as much as I liked the, the actual song. But I definitely do think that they made a good union. I wish they would have made 
more music together. But of course, once Michael bought that catalog <laughs> with the Beatles and Paul was wanting to get it back. And yeah, Michael didn't want to give it up. And, and that's become like the legendary type thing here where even in his afterlife, we have Michael, the Michael Jackson estate making that money off the, the Beatles box sets, remastered, all kind of stuff. And I think that few, that it, Michael was a funny guy. That feud has, has continued. <laughs> Michael has, has passed. And I, I think that Paul McCartney was still very upset about <laughs> Michael. It's a good business decision. You, you just can't, you can't, you just can't overlook how great of a business decision that was <laughs> for Michael to go and buy the business. <laughs> it's funny when I think about it. it it's, they've made great music together. Like I said, um, Say, Say, Say was number three on this chart here for Hot Singles in 1984. But yeah, I think that that catalog definitely soured that friendship between Michael and Paul. But State of Shock, the Jacksons, that was at number 61. So yeah, Michael has uh, the greatest presence on the chart. Um, aside from the Pointer Sisters, they have three songs on the charts as well. But yeah, Michael was, he was with his brothers. He was, um, doing a duet. He had a solo song and he was doing the chorus and backing up the vocals for Rockwell, um, on Somebody's Watching Me. So, so yeah, as you can see in 1984, I think it was a springboard for, a lot of black artists to become more mainstream. Billy Ocean, Caribbean Queen, Stevie Wonder, I just called to say I love you. All of this was in one year. Is that insane? Um, our honorary at times, honorary black man, <laughs> Phil Collins, we had Take a Look at Me Now um, on that chart. And I say honorary because Phil has crossed over into the R&B charts a, a couple of times for us. So, and I talk about some of that crossover where white artists were crossing over into R&B soul charts um, at that time. And sometimes I won't even say it was them crossing over into our charts. I would just say that it became such a big hit that you couldn't help but to know it, you know? Um, so, so yeah, to, to put it plainly, 1984, end of 1984 takes us into the beginning of 85. And I think that it just continues to be a thing where more black artists were seeing mainstream success because we were making good music. A lot of stuff was coming out. I've just mentioned this is the end of the year chart. This is not the entire year of 1984. This is just 100 singles that were on there. And I didn't even mention everything that was there. Prince had two songs on this chart at the end of the year. Let's Go Crazy was at 21. Um, and Dove's Cry was at 
number one at the end of the year. Of course, because the movie was still going strong at this point, but so much talent, so many great artists, so many songs. And I think it was inevitable. It shows midway point where we were as black people with black music, but it also shows that it's a it's a great timestamp for what the music sounded like middle of the decade and what it would sound like by the end of the decade. Because you have the reigning champs, Michael and Prince, on the same chart. You have songs like The Bard's Time Will Reveal. You have ballads also by people like Lionel Richie with Hello. But by the time we're getting to 1989, you're going to see that even the ballads are taking a different approach because now we have in 1989, New Jack Swing is on the rise. You have Keith Sweat that's taking out the end of the decade of the 80s. You have more Teddy Riley in there. Janet Jackson is back at that time, Rhythm Nation, and it even has a kind of a New Jack Swing type of feel to it. Things were starting to change, and some of these artists were able to evolve and continue to make music and hits and evolve with the times, and others, like Rockwell, unfortunately, would be kind of stuck in this, where he was with somebody's watching me so so yeah we will go on and we will continue to see but i just thought i want to touch on this because the billboard charts i don't really pay a lot of attention to it it just happens to be that a lot of the songs that are on here were songs that i was already listening to that i already loved anyway but apparently i was not the only one that loved them black people were not the only one that loved them Apparently, these were going into other countries, other races, and we were becoming part of the mainstream pop world, even more so than what we were before the year of 1984. But that's my take on it. DJ for Party of One, if you are a subscriber, don't forget to check out the B-side to this. If you are one of the free podcast listeners hey if you want to contribute um become a subscriber eventually i'm going to have my cash app stuff somewhere whatever if you want to also contribute to the cause because yes it does take a little time to make these podcasts happen but hey um dj for party one cl45 signing out tell a friend Thank you for listening. Please come back and listen again. Hopefully this got your mind a little bit off Carly Russell. A little bit of your anger has been digressed because it's been a hot topic and it. It's been a hot topic for longer than I would want it to be a hot topic. So, hey, we flash back to 1984, end of the year. Some feel good music here that was going on. And I would advise go listen to some of these songs. Go listen to see what was making 1984 what it was because that was a great year. Also, the year the Purple Rain came out in theater. So, yeah, go go check that out, too. Um, a lot of great music. 
a lot of great movies. The year of 1984. DJ for Party 1, I am out.